Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows firsthand how VR training platforms like ForgeFX can help meet the demand for skilled workers. Anywhere you go look, there's going to be a shortage of welders. VR training can help welding students learn the skills they need to begin and advance in their career. The beauty of virtual reality is it simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Explore more stories like Alex's at meta.com slash metaverse impact. For exclusive podcasts and more, sign up at patreon.com slash partners in crime media. This week's Lawn Order Marathon winner is Carrie Poe from Phoenix, Arizona. Carrie will get a marathon decal showing she watched 26.2 hours of her favorite crime show. To be next week's winner, sign up at lawnorderpodcast.com. I'm Kevin Flynn with Rebecca Lavoie and Nettie Smith. And these are their stories. You think you know who did it, but you don't know who did it. Law and order, law and order, law and order. It's no ordinary police procedural, baby. It's the FNOG of police procedures, baby. Law and order, law and order, law and order, law and order. These are their stories, these are their stories. Welcome to These Are Their Stories, the podcast about Network TV's most enduring crime franchise and the real-life cases that inspired their shows. I'm Kevin Flynn. Each podcast will break down an episode from either Criminal Intent, SVU, or Original Recipe. And today we're looking at Special Victims Unit, Season 14, Episode 15, Undercover Blue. Hold on. Heather's boyfriend visited Genzel? When was this? Two days before she came here. All right, so scum, no scum. Genzel paid him to get his girlfriend to accuse Cassidy. See, paranoia. Anyone can play. Joy me to do just that is true crime author and the host of Crime Writers On and Netflix's You Can't Make This Up podcasts. It's Rebecca Lavoie. Hello, Rebecca. Hey, Kevin. Thanks for having me. And rounding out our panel is our special returning guest from the Oh Hell Yes podcast. It's Nettie Smith. Hello, Nettie. Hey, guys. Thank you so much for having me back. I love to rep for the Ben City fans. So yeah. uh, we are a small but mighty crew. So thank you so much for letting me represent. Yeah, I mean, there are shippers. There's the Benslers. <laughs> there's the Barsons. There are the Barisis. And there are the Jihadist Barisis. Ooh, what? You are a Ben City. So defend your position. Listen, I've, you know, people like to say her and Tucker were supposed to be in game. I don't know mm-hmm. where you guys stand, but Tucker never looked happy with her. <laughs> never looked happy. I don't think he ever smiled when he was with her. And with with did he ever smile? Well, if he was going to smile at all, it would have to be with his girl. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, yeah. Um, but I feel like Cassidy and Olivia had some fun times. You know, they they had little jokes and things like that, and they're cute, and they're both. I feel like they're both. Um, well, he helped her through that situation with uh, with William Lewis and all that. Mm-hmm. And they're just so stinking cute. Oh, yeah. my yeah. God. Yeah. I actually completely agree. I think he's the only person with whom she's had real chemistry, like that we ever saw her with. Uh-huh. And, I mean, besides Hayden. Yeah. And they broke up for a stupid reason because he didn't want to go to the museum or some bullshit. <laughs> By the way, I don't think she wanted to go to the museum either. Like she did not. She, You're right. You're stupid, right? She's like, I was just like, oh, you want to go to the museum? And he's like, no. Ooh. And that's like, that's why they broke up. Right. Well, yeah. they broke yeah. up because there she was working a lot. He wanted to go out more with her and she would have to break the dates because she was doing all this stuff with all these cases. And so he felt like they were kind of off sync. 
And it kind of fizzled from there, you know. Right. And but their breakup was like, I love you. I love you, too. It was like a non-breakup yeah. breakup. Yeah. It was yeah. like, I love you, so I have to leave you. But that, <laughs> yeah, it makes sense. you know how that works. Yeah. But no. that leaves room yeah. open. It feels like they've kind of retconned that situation in the recent seasons, right? They don't talk yeah, about they it. Just, they just let him die. They talk about <laughs> Ed Tucker, but they don't talk about uh, Brian Cassidy at all. Yeah, that's true. I mean, there are, you know, people who really love the shipping. There are a couple of the least popular shipper pairings, and they are uh, they include Bunch mm. what, what? or this is going Crassity. Who? Cragen and Cassidy. Huh? What? Uh, you're just making stuff up now. Yes. <laughs> I think you are making stuff up. Of course. You've listened to this podcast Crapsity. before. Crapsity. There Crapsity. <laughs> so, Nettie, of all the franchises, which two cops are your favorite detective team? Favorite law and order detective team. You know, I've been on this show a couple times, and I always say my favorite, you know, Benson and Stabler. But mm-hmm. maybe I should say my second favorite, yeah. um, just because. Let's change it up a little bit. I like Rollins and, and Ice-T. Sure. Um, yeah, yeah. I really, I really like them together. Even though I'm not much of a Rollins fan, she's in Olivia's business too much. <laughs> I feel like whenever she was paired up with Ice T, it really, we really got stuff done. They were a good second string um, for whenever Olivia was doing to trickle down and, and fix the situation. So yeah, I'll pick them. And he's like a big brother. Yeah. Or yeah. he's like the daddy, like the weird daddy that like they have to go undercover with. It's uh, <laughs> like, this is my man. You know, it's like, ah, okay, sure. <laughs> yeah. And who is your favorite prosecutorial team? Favorite law and order district attorney prosecutorial team. Okay. So my first, as I said before, is Barba. Mm-hmm. Barba. Um, second, I would say uh, Casey. Casey Novak. Uh, yeah. Yes. I, I like that she would... Uh, Sometimes bend the rules. Sometimes you got to do that to get stuff done, even though uh, it could jeopardize your job. I like I hate rules sometimes. I'm very much like, well, let me see how I can tiptoe this. And I feel like she's in my mindset like that. That's because the system doesn't work. (laughs) It really doesn't. (laughs) All right. Now let's take a look at the first half of our episode. SVU season 14, episode 15, Undercover Blue. While Barba is prepping Cassidy for the trial against Bart Ganzel, the pimp who had him shot, Amaro takes a statement from a woman claiming Cassidy raped her years ago when she was a sex slave and he was undercover. When Nick and Munch go to Cassidy's apartment to discuss it, they find a postcoital, half-naked Olivia Benson. <gasps> Heather Riggs says her pimp had Cassidy break her in which he denies. Barbara says that if Cassidy was framed, IAB will figure it out. You kidding me? IAB? They make frames. They don't break them. But, I mean, you two know him anyway. He's good for this? No. But he's not good at defending himself. I and mean, we have to look into this. Discreetly, of course. We cannot talk to the Vic. So we talk to the people that know her. Finn and Rollins learn Heather is a popular pole dancing instructor who's dating the studio's sleazy owner, Bobby Navarro. The detectives learn Navarro has a huge gambling debt and recently visited Ganzel at Rikers. Their theory, Ganzel paid Navarro and Heather to make a false accusation and discredit Cassidy as a witness. Barbara says the evidence against Brian is compelling. They know he slept with another prostitute on another undercover assignment. Not only do they have a witness who says the pair were alone in a bedroom for two hours, but Heather can identify a scar on his inner thigh, to which Liv says... Ah, uh, that scar. 
<laughs> At trial, the prosecution puts Amaro on the stand to discuss Heather's report. Substitute DA Derek Strauss gets Nick to tell the jury that cops are not allowed to have sex with people while undercover. But on cross-examination, defense attorney Barry Kearns directs Amaro's attention to the mysterious woman in court, Cynthia Mancheno, the sister of a drug dealer with whom he had a romantic relationship 10 years ago. Okay, so like Sands to the Hourglass, this is an episode in season 14. So let's just give you the spark note uh, summary of where we are. Cassidy was undercover in Bart Genzel's prostitution ring, and he began an affair with Carissa Gibson. So he has a history of sleeping with sex workers while undercover. Now, Genzel had Carissa murdered and framed Cragen for it. Genzel also got Cassidy shot in an attempt to take him out. So this is where we are. So, when Heather Riggs comes forward with this allegation, instead of immediately calling IAB, Amaro and Munch go to Cassidy's apartment. Now, season one, Cassidy was a dope, and latter day, Cassidy's a little more gruff. It's not a real good time right now, guys. Why? I got this. It's taken care of. But you have company? Yeah. It's your sister. You should have told me she snores. <laughs> Man, he's got balls. When, when really yeah. behind that door is the boss. Yes. Yeah, that should have been a moment where they're like, where Cassie should have been like, hey, uh, close the door really quickly because I don't want you to know anything about what's going on. Or he just didn't care. He wanted them to find out. Maybe yeah. so. He was mm. not having lives back at all. Yeah. <laughs> really? <laughs> he certainly was having her front. Ooh, Kev. <laughs> yeah. You, clever, yeah, so, you, you know clever. what we learned here? We learned that Benson likes Thai food after fucking. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, what a thought. <laughs> Daddy, would you ever run to the front door in your boyfriend t-shirt when the Uber Eats guy is there? Fucking no. Put some pants on. I don't know what that was about. It was just, I mean, obviously it's television. They're going to do yeah. what they do to make the scene really scandalous. But no, at least put pants on. Like, that was just ridiculous. I'll call you tomorrow. Hey, need change? Please? Hey, guys. She definitely assumed that uh, Cassidy didn't have enough money for takeout. Right. It's like I better, right. I better go out there and give her, give him twenty because even though she said just, she, he was, he said he was fine. Yeah. Like she gives her shits. I, I think first of all, second of all, she's in his apartment, which is obviously tiny. There's yeah. no way she did not overhear everything that happened at that door. There's no way. I think she wanted them to see. That's my theory. Uh. Possibly <laughs> because maybe Cassidy wanted to kind of show off that he was fucking live. And didn't have any kind of idea like, oh, let me close the door. He was like, if you find out, you find out. Whatever. Yeah. Uh, So that's why he was just like, eh, whatever. It's a whole different interpretation of you're going to fuck around, you're going to find out, right? Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Fuck around and then find out. Do you you think when Olivia said she wanted Thai that she was talking about food? (laughs) Was it? Yeah, we have the handcuffs already. So, you know. Oh, I got you. Yeah. And do you think like Cassidy was like, well, tonight I'd like Greek. What? What? Is that a sex joke that we don't understand? I'm, I'm like, what is the kids saying nowadays? Like, this yeah, we don't know. I think this might be like an old man thing that we don't get. <laughs> Greek, Maybe you don't so. know what that, okay. No, we Greek, don't get it. Greek. Okay. <laughs> Sorry. That's in the butt. Okay. Uh, oh, we, yeah, we don't get that. We don't get that? It's no okay. butt stuff. Okay. Yeah, uh, and I don't get that either. Uh, I call it something else, so. <laughs> 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 so later on tomorrow, says to Benson, like, really? You and Cassidy. A, I didn't tell you because it's none of your business. And B, 
It's not that big of a deal. And see, Nick, I didn't tell you because I didn't want this. You should have told me. It's like, why? Did you have that like, Cassidy in your fantasy fuckboy league or something? <laughs> yeah, I'm like, that's, that's actually good. I, I don't know why he got so upset. Does he have a crush on Liv? Is that a thing that people say? Well, maybe he, he has a beef with Cassidy because the, when they actually crossed paths uh, earlier when right. Cassidy was undercover and there was like a scuffle. And so, by the way, yeah. I mean, who really actually likes Cassidy? I mean, Liv. besides Benson, yeah. <laughs> but like, if, I mean, if Cassidy isn't giving somebody the D, then it's like they don't really care for him. Right. So Ooh. Amaro has, you know, I fucking hate Amaro, yeah. right? <laughs> this is like a well-established fact. Okay. He's a misogynist, in my yes. opinion. Mm-hmm. Okay. And he is the kind uh-huh. of guy who does feel like every woman he knows needs to report <laughs> to him <laughs> on who she is having sex with. I believe that to be true. Okay. And I think this is completely in line with everything we have ever known about him. I was not surprised at all that he said that or did that. She is his boss, at this moment, is, is she not? She, well, let's see. Uh, they said Craigan is on vacation. I believe Munch is actually the sergeant, so she's still a detective. She's still a detective. Right. She really is the But boss. he is on desk duty, right? Yeah, but she's been there longer. <laughs> she has seniority yeah. in a lot of areas, so. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, he, she owes him nothing. She owes him nothing. Does it? And, you yeah. know, it's funny because Amaro does that and Rollins does that in later seasons where Rollins will be like, so, like, who was at your house? Noah told me there was men's boots. And things like that. <laughs> and I'm like, Rollins, stay out of Lib's business. Everyone wants to know who she's fucking. Right. And at what time. And I don't understand why that is. Right. And when they find out, they're disgusted. That's right. <laughs> yeah, they're they're not happy. It's like, why do you care? A cop, a lawyer. Yeah. I mean, what the... Meanwhile, Rollins can have babies with anybody she wants. Oh, she yeah. Like, well, isn't that heart rich? surgeon. And she still walked away. It was like, that wasn't really a good plan. <laughs> she literally fucked their boss. Literally. Yeah. 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 <laughs> she did. So they learned that Heather's employed as a pole dance instructor. So they head to the studio to do this background check. And there are all these women of different abilities spinning on the poles and shorts and yoga pants. And, you know, it definitely looks like, you know, the the beginning class. Nobody looks like you well, want I don't them know. to. Is that yeah. what you're going to say? Yeah. You, you know, watch it. your words, Kev. Watch what you're yeah. trying to say. I, I will yeah. say it. Nobody looked like I wanted them to. I wanted to see Heather on that pole, and yeah, we right. never got that. No, 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 no. I didn't no. believe she was a pole dancing instructor because they never showed it. No, I mean, there's a lot of older moms that are like, they can't do the spin, That's and they fine. look, oh Good my on them goodness. For trying. But it doesn't stop Finn from standing in the door, doorway, watching the whole thing like a fucking creeper. <laughs> <laughs> he just had his elbow up on the frame, just standing there. Do you think that's like how they have the studio so people can just walk by and just start checking it out? No. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe that's how they sell their classes. Maybe. Yeah. I went to one of those classes once and it was like definitely like they had paper over the, <laughs> over the thing. No looking in. Yeah, for our dignity. Yeah, I took <laughs> one once, um, but it was like a, oh gosh, this doesn't sound weird. It's a private session because I knew the instructor. So we had like me and another friend and then the instructor. And that's the only time I've ever taken it. Pole dancing is super hard. Yep. So is Finn. <laughs> All right, we have a couple of Hey, It's That Guys. Hey, it's that guy. Who is the actor playing Bobby Navarro, the owner of Polar Size Dance Studio? Look, we're manager employee. I trust her completely. But since you're not telling me what's going on, I'm not sure if I trust you so much. Excuse me. I never get these. 
Never get <laughs> That's John Ventimiglia. Seven Law and Order's Universe appearances. He's best known as Artie Bucco on The Sopranos. Hmm. It's a restaurant owner. No there. relation to Milo. No yeah, relation. No, no. Is he not related to Milo? You don't know who Milo is, do you? Milo Ventimiglia. From the Gilmore Girls fame and the other show that we don't watch that makes do, everybody cry. Heroes. Do you think they look alike? Oh, they just got the same crazy last name. Yeah, I mean, yeah. who else is named Mentaviglio? It's not Smith, you know. Like, <laughs> I was going to say, yeah, Nettie Smith, please <laughs> drop a knowledge bomb on us. Hey, you must be related to so many people. Yeah. <laughs> oh, we're all cousins and distant, cousins. whatever. Uh, no, let's see. He's had a string of recurring roles as cops on shows like Blue Bloods, The Good Wife, and Jessica Jones. Okay. Now, John made an appearance on stage reading Jack Kerouac beat poetry while the David Armand Quartet did jazz improv. I was told it was only an hour long, but if I had one hour to live, I'd spend it watching John Viglamatilia. What? Vent- I'd, wa- I'd spend it watching John Ventilamiglia read Jack <laughs> Kerouac to improv jazz because it would make it feel like an eternity. <laughs> My last hour would go on and on and on. If I had one hour left to live, I would spend it on an elliptical watching Kino. <laughs> That's what I would do. Waiting for the numbers to <laughs> Or trying to spin it, trying to pronounce that last name, too. <laughs> yes. Jesus. It's been a trying to listen to Kevin watch that, listen to pronounce that last name. Uh, <laughs> can you tell me who's playing Detective Joe Dumbass? No, I'm sorry, oh. Dumas. Do I want to know how you knew this deal was going down? Nope. What I figured? Yes, actually. That's uh, Scott William Winters, right? Scott William Winters, younger brother of Dean Winters. He's best remembered as being asked, how do you like them apples? How do you like them apples? I got a number. Yes, I got a number. I got a number. How do you like them apples? You know, I think you're getting a little Brooklyn there. It's not, you know, you're not Boston. I'm trying, Kev Dean. Hey, I got got a number. Yeah, okay. You're you're close enough. It's fine. Putting me on blast in front of listeners, fine. (laughs) So, um, let's see. He and Dean played Inmate Brothers together on HBO's Oz, and Oz, which also starred... Chris Maloney. And starred... J.K. Simmons. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yes. Who <laughs> plays... <laughs> it's been a while since I pulled that bit out. You, you would, lost you, it. You would think I would know that since you literally asked me that every other episode. Yeah. I've never seen Oz, yet you quiz me on it all the time. I know. <laughs> and there's like, you guys have a song and everything. Yeah, 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 yeah. (laughs) So Scott lives in a cabin three hours outside of Los Angeles. He enjoys surfing, reading the Bible, and working as a part-time EMT. Is he the Unabomber? (laughs) Yes. Just asking? Neo-Unabomber, yeah. Okay. Um, If you get confused between him and his brother Dean, Scott is taller, Mm -hmm. his hair is a little more blonde, and he has all ten of his fingers and toes. Aww. I didn't think you were going to say that. Yeah. I, I only have a it. thumb. Because I'm I horrible, look for it right? every time. I can't tell. Me too. He has half of one of his thumbs, but apparently he wears a prosthetic half thumb sometimes. Oh. Yeah, he also has like uh, uh, no feeling in his hands. His neuropathy. Yes. Neuropathy, yeah. yes. So you do see him. You at- can tell by the way he he gestures that something's amiss. I think yeah, he yeah. uses it actually. I think he like sometimes will like gesture on purpose with his hands and it, like uh, in a way that I think is very charming. Mm, yeah. But he does wear a prosthetic half thumb apparently sometimes. Yeah. Look, uh, we have a Hey, It's That Girl. We do. Hey, it's that girl. Do you recognize the actress playing Cynthia Mancino? 
Oh, the the ex girlfriend that he wouldn't have married. What's her face? Yeah. Gosh. <laughs> Please. Uh, that's Andrea Nevado. You'll know her as Samara on Jane the Virgin, hmm. Jane's biological mom. Huh? No, you were a cop bringing down my brother. He gets arrested and you disappeared. I thought you ran back to Colombia. Then this morning, some some lawyer shows up and tells me who you really are. Drags me down here, and there you are in that suit. She also was on 24 episodes of The Mothership as Detective Anna Corva. She was the uh, female Profaci. Oh, Profaci. We have some repeat offenders. Repeat offender. Returning as DA Derek Strauss is Greg German. Yay. Despite all evidence to the contrary, despite her testimony and your own admission that you spent two hours alone with her. You remember him as Richard Fish on Allie McBeal, Bygones. Professional jerk. Right? Yes, is yes. he ever not a jerk? Like, that's the only thing he can be cast as. Yeah. There's Amy Brabson, back as Judge Blake. So it has. You may proceed. She played the on-screen wife of her real-life husband, Andre Brower, on Homicide Life on the Street. We also see, in the last of his five appearances, the late Reg E. Cathy as Cassidy's attorney. Did you ever have inappropriate sexual relationships in your undercover role? He was an Emmy winner on House of Cards. Uh, Reg kicked off a long streak of bad luck here at the podcast known as the These Are Their Stories Curse. Mm. Oh, gosh. The week we discuss his appearance on the episode Wildlife, that's the one, the uh, monkey in the basketball, remember that? <laughs> yeah. Reg died of lung cancer that week. And then there was a string of podcast episodes where that week an actor would die, the real life person in the, uh, you know, in the, the, oh, ca- in the rip from the headlines case would die. What? And then... The piece de la resistance. In February 2020, we had an episode about Briscoe and Green hunting down who released a coronavirus in New York City. And we apologized to the whole world. Oh, God. What type of stuff are y'all on here? Mm-hmm. What are y'all doing know. at this podcast? Mm-hmm. It's a curse. I know. It's an absolute curse. Yep. We've got tiny little dolls here that we just like poke pins in underneath the desk. <laughs> Gosh. Are they the Dean Winters dolls or the... No. It's not way Do you have the Dean Winters all his fingers doll? That's right. Partial fingers doll. He was... They were all there when we started this podcast Ooh. and that shit happened. Yeah. Uh, it's called Mayhem. I love him. I do. I, I actually... I really, really... I have a lot of affection for him. I don't know what he's like as a person. Maybe I'll get right. some like emails that he's like not nice or whatever. I haven't heard I anything. love his on-screen presence. He really cracks me up. I love him as mayhem in those stupid commercials. Mm-hmm. I They're can't great. help it. I just, there's something about the him. The latest I one really, with his brother, Scott. Yeah. There's something about yes. him that I really, really like. Yeah. yeah. He's charming. So I want the name of the actress and the name of the actress who is playing Judge Gloria Pepitone. <sighs> I can't name the actress, but I know I how was... I know her. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Sorry. That's so. That's Sonia Manzano. Yes. We know her as... Maria from Sesame Street. Maria from Sesame (laughs) Street. (laughs) Right. The court welcomes ADA Derek Strauss from Westchester County and notes his obvious and not especially useful remark. The defendant is released on his own recognizance. He will surrender his passport and report in daily. 44 years on that show. She has 15 daytime Emmy Awards for writing and received, ready for this, a Lifetime Achievement Award from the Emmys in 2000. 16. Wow. Good for her. It's amazing. Absolutely recognize the voice before you saw it. Yeah. 100%. She was born in the South Bronx. She started on Sesame Street. She started on Sesame Street when she was 17 years old. And you know what you're doing now with your mouth? Yeah. 
Because when well, I was a kid, everyone looked so old. Oh. Right. <laughs> well, you were a yeah. kid. All uh, right. Well, I don't know. Do you think that she was 17 when you saw her first? What year did Sesame Street start? I think like 1970 or 69 or 70. Okay, so I probably started watching Sesame Street like in 76 she was, when I was three. She, she was old enough to drink. And there might have been some reruns she saw. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Uh, Sonia's bestie from the Bronx is Supreme Court Justice Sonia Sotomayor. Oh, Sonia and Sonia. Yeah. Uh, that's right, because uh, that Sonia also works with puppets that belong in a fucking trash can. <laughs> that was a good one. I like that. <laughs> so Barbara says the DA is going forward with a case against Cassidy because there's compelling evidence. One of his former prostitutes, now reformed, swears that she saw Heather go into the bedroom with Cassidy for two hours. Plus, Heather has described in great detail a scar on Cassidy's inner thigh. And Benson says... Two hours, that's definitely not Cassidy. <laughs> Your Honor. Uh, Case closed. Yeah. And that scar on his inner thigh, she says, uh, why, yes, I had my cheek pressed against it just last night before right. the Thai food arrived. God. <laughs> that's not even something you need to verify. I can just oh tell my you. God. That's right. It's there. Yeah, that was a crazy scene because it's like, you work with these people and I get it. You, you want to disclose that you have this relationship, but in that way, to be like, yeah, no need to, to verify that scar. I know it's there. I yes. see it all the time. Like, that's just like, ew, just tell me you're dating the guy. That's all. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know, just pull it out of me. <laughs> I mean, pull it, don't pull it literally out of me. But yeah. <laughs> so, Brian, who we all know slept with a prostitute on his last assignment, is shocked, shocked. Anyone would believe he would sleep with a prostitute on this assignment. That's right. I'm being framed for rape. Rape? Yeah. When? Who? I gotta say, Liv, I think you're asking the wrong questions here. Yeah, it's like Sabler saying, why do you think I would shoot somebody? You thought I shot somebody? <laughs> you thought I'd punch someone yeah. in interrogation? Yeah. Me? Yeah. Never. By the way, I know like the uh, nomenclature is sex worker, and that's fine. I believe and support sex workers, but I also believe and support in my thesaurus. Yes. Ooh. So I'm just coming up with a yeah. couple different terms here. The ladies or, of the of night. Course. Yes. Yeah. And so Heather identified as a sex slave. And if you're going to be kept locked up with a dog collar and no clothes in a room, I think that pretty much. I don't think she had yeah. agency. In she didn't have agency. Right. No, yeah. you can't call her a sex worker unless you're like Ron DeSantis and you're like, no, 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 no. It's fine. <laughs> she got something out of it. She got some skills. Uh, so we go to trial and Heather testifies about what happens and she needs to prove it was Cassidy who raped her. So she says, I saw the scar next to his, his business. Next to his next business. business. Ew. Oh, it's like, it's like I've never seen one. Just say the word. <laughs> Just say it was in his groin area. But like, come on, business. That's like old people. Yeah, and it's funny because for this show, which like does never shies away from talking yeah. about private parts ever, like they say penis all the time. All the time. On this show. Yeah. <laughs> we know she's seen some. Schlong. They probably said schlong before. Yeah. yeah sh <laughs> In the first pass, the yeah. writer's like, come on. It's like, oh, we're really pushing it already. Just have her like be like, eh. Or maybe they only get a certain amount of times they can refer to penis per episode and they used them all yeah. up at that point or had them placed yeah. somewhere. So she had yeah. to say business. Yeah, like on network TV, you can call someone a dick. Right. But you right. can't refer to someone's dick. As a dick. As a dick. <laughs> As a dick, yes. So it's like, okay, thanks right. for arbitrary 
Except randomly, like after 11.30 at night, apparently you can, because I heard it on Saturday Night Live a couple weeks ago. I, they oh. missed it. They were supposed to beep that. <laughs> you still watch that. You know, like cool. in the original, it was like dick in a box. They beep dick. Right. You know? It's also yeah. funnier, though, to it's beep It's way it. funnier when it's beeped, yeah. <laughs> watch this. Oh, my God. It's such a small Funnier. It's, it's way funnier, funnier right? Yeah. Okay. Uh, so all Amaro did was take Heather's report, which he passed off to IAB, who did the criminal investigation. So that's really all of his connection to this like criminal case yet somehow it's important to impeach his credibility as a witness right which is nuts so amaro did his job did his job amaro actually like did the thing that we want cops to do Mm -hmm. which is not let cops potentially get away with misconduct (gasps) right (laughs) (laughs) amaro's usually on it though he he may be a terrible guy but he yeah. is really good about like making sure the rules, well, unless it has to do with his wife and whoever Correct. he's following that she may be dating. But other than that, he typically <laughs> follows the rules of like what's going on yeah. in an investigation. Um, and then he goes home and he's a terrible guy. But right. well, you, you know that he was going to Cassidy's apartment just to kind of figure out is like this is the kind of thing that we need to bury and pretend didn't happen. And when he saw that he was fucking live, he's like, I'm, so, I'm oh, stringing yeah. this guy up. <laughs> yep. Because all women belong to me. Yeah. Yeah, so Amaro's on the stand. <laughs> Amaro's on the stand, and they do this David Copperfield defense. We're like, is this the woman that you slept with while undercover? Detective, do you recognize the woman who just entered the courtroom? Objection, Your Honor. We have no idea who this Mr. woman is. Quartz. I believe Detective Amaro can help us out with that. Detective, is she the sister of a drug kingpin whose organization you infiltrate? Oh, objection, Your Honor. How well do you know her? Detective. Yes, I and know is her. Is this your card? I know her. Very Mari, Mari show or Jerry Springer-ish. I yeah. know her very well. Yeah, that's the only part that was missing was you're like, and you're the father. Thank you, Jerry Springer. <laughs> it's so clear that she doesn't know why she's there. Like, <laughs> yeah, she walks like, in and looks around like, oh, a courtroom? I, a court? I didn't know. I was in a courtroom. It's like you had uh, to get Why your... was I walking through that metal detector? Right, a you had to do the metal ago? detector and everything. Like, oh my god, what? What's going on here? It was a trial. I was told this was a William Sonoma. <laughs> Welding instructor Alex Declare knows VR training platforms like Forge FX help students master their skills. There's a big learning curve with welding. Virtual reality simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Learn more at meta.com/slash/metaverseimpact. Caesars Sportsbook is the only sportsbook app with Caesars rewards. That means win or lose, every bet brings you closer to the types of perks only Caesars can offer. Like hotel stays at over 50 iconic destinations, bonus bets, daily profit boosts, tickets to the game, dining, and so much more. Whether you're a new or existing customer, Caesars Sportsbook is always rewarding. Must be 21. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Caesars Sportsbook. Don't just spectate, participate. Now let's take a look at the second half of this episode. Amaro is pissed. Cassidy sandbagged him with the woman from his past. They both have had relationships with women while undercover, but Amaro says that his relationship with Cynthia was genuine. You're accused of raping a sex slave? So you dragged me through the mud? It was my lawyer's call. I didn't rape anybody. Did you? Not even close. By Cynthia and I, that was a relationship. Yeah, like me and Carissa, Mr. Holier than now. Did Carissa know you were undercover? Did Cynthia? On the stand, Cassidy says that the night he took Heather into the bedroom, he made an excuse to not have sex and let her take a two-hour nap. 
but he admits that he knew it would be considered rape if he did, which fatally hurts himself in front of the jury. Meanwhile, Munch tells Amaro that Cynthia is suing him, not for rape, but for child support. Dun, dun, dun. She says Amaro is the father of her nine-year-old son, Gilberto. Nick goes to Cynthia's home to talk to her, but is rebuffed at the door by her big scary boyfriend, Roberto Chavez. Later, Amaro sees Chavez making Gil mule drugs for him. Now that even his own lawyer thinks he's guilty, Cassidy apologizes to Amaro and agrees to team up. Brian and Amanda go undercover to set up a big drug buy with Chavez, while Munch and Finn convince Navarro to pay off his gambling debt by picking up the drugs from Chavez. The cops bust the pair at the same time. Facing jail time, Navarro admits that Ganzel paid him and Heather off to lie about Cassidy and the DA drops the charges. Having come to terms with being a father to a son he never knew, Amaro returns to Cynthia's home to get to know Gil. So this episode is called Undercover Blue. Nettie, why is it not called Undercover Blues? Because Dick Wolf said no. No, it's because that would be 15 letters. Yep. And this is season 14. So, yeah. So the, yes, it has. They were doing that back then? It had to be, the titles had to be two words and the letters had to come up to the number of the seasons, which is why these are stupid, nonsensical titles. I thought they always started that in season 20. So I didn't know they were doing that back then. No, I think from, was it season 13 on? Yeah, something like that. Yeah, they were just. They were like, okay, Chris Maloney's gone. We got to do something else to occupy our yeah. minds. And instead of calling it Undercover Blues. Undercover. <laughs> yeah, but no one cares about the title of the episode. No. Well, nobody cares. Then, no one cared. Just watch the show. Nobody cares. No, you didn't even see it. It's That's like what... some intern's job to come up with this, right? Yeah. Yeah. It's like Alfred Hitchcock cameos. It doesn't matter he's in the background. Who gives a fuck, right? <laughs> so Undercover Amaro has uh, the best ghosting line that has ever been ghosted. Sorry, babe. Got to run off to Columbia and never come back. Yeah. yeah. It's just for a pack of cigarettes. Yeah. So Cassidy explains how he got out of having sex with Heather. He told her he was on antibi- antibiotics and she wouldn't want to catch what he had. I'd be thinking he wouldn't want to catch what she had. Right. Jesus. <laughs> oh, she's a working girl. Uh, but also he's on antibiotics. Isn't he clear? <laughs> just, well, I, I mean, think he, he was finishing the course of the bio- antibiotics, so you got to finish the whole lot of them, and then you're cured. Right. Yeah. You don't want my leprosy. Wouldn't he just say, I'm sick? You don't want to catch what I have? Oh, yeah. Not he could like, just say, I got I got the flu. Yeah. Yeah. I have diarrhea, babe. You don't want to catch you what don't I want. <laughs> We're not doing any Greek. Like for oh, real. wow. <laughs> like, for real. Just everybody out there who's listening to this podcast. Mm-hmm. Use diarrhea. Nobody will ask any follow-up questions. For any reason. Nobody ever. It's yeah. called liarrhea. It works. Liarrhea. Yeah. <laughs> Brand it. Put it on a t-shirt. You could have just said, I'm impotent and you need to keep the secret. And she would have been so relieved. <laughs> Thank Sweet. God I won't be seeing that. <laughs> or your scars. So Amaro gets uh, the unhappy news that he has fathered Gilberto while undercover a decade ago. Where do you begin? You can begin by making sure he's yours. Did you take the DNA test? I did. Well, that's the thing about being a guy. You're never sure what you may have left behind. Hey, you know what that is? What? That's sweet, sweet wisdom, wisdom from, from Finn. Finn. Sweet wisdom from Finn. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, (laughs) that sound effect is just a cultural appropriation man 
<laughs> but I love it. I can't help it. You're appropriating from Finn, man. You're appropriating. It's fine. I give you guys the password. It's fine. <laughs> okay, thanks. Well, Nick says if he knew then that Cynthia was pregnant, that he would have married her and he would have had a whole different wife to be a dick to. <laughs> I'm like, wow, no, uh, no Maria. She's yeah. kind of, uh, yeah. she's a lot. Zara um, wouldn't have existed. Zara's a lot. Um. <laughs> uh, so Cynthia won't let him see Gil or Gilberto. I think he called him Which Gil. he immediately wants to do, by the way. Yeah. Like a lot of, I mean, Instead a lot of, of men the would other not way. run to right. the nine-year-old that they never knew they had. Yeah. He, but of course, he's a Maro. He does believe like in the patriarchy, so the child does belong to him, right? Yes. Yeah. yes. Stabler light <laughs> is what he is. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> he shows up with a burlap bag. He's like, just throw the kid in it. Yeah. I have a son? Yeah. I have a son! I've always wanted a son! Oh my God. <laughs> yeah. uh, so Cynthia won't let him see Gil, so Amaro stakes out the elementary school, which is even more creepy than staking out a pole dancing class. Yes. And he spots the boy, who apparently is his son, and he's like, that is my son. They have the same hair, the same complexion, and the same simmering male rage. <laughs> yeah, according to the, uh, the Law & Order wiki, that Amaro has been in more trouble with IAB than even Stabler. Yeah. Uh, for, I mean, for being on the show like even half the time. Yeah. He's a dick. He's a dick. So I can believe it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. By the way, it's never revealed how the lawyer knew that Amaro uh, was Cynthia's baby daddy, right? Or even how Heather knew that Cassidy had a scar on his thigh. So how does she know about the scar in your leg? I don't know. A million ways. It's not a state secret, Liv. It's not a state secret, Liv. Whatever that means. I don't know what that means. It sounds cool when he says it, but I don't know. Yeah. Well, I mean, like, you know, I, you could have found it a million ways. Newspaper clippings, my bikini waxer, <laughs> my OnlyFans account, my six-part podcast series called My Left Thigh. <laughs> Maybe Carissa told somebody. Just saying. Whoa. Carissa told me. I think that, I mean, that's he, a good oh. one. He did have an affair with Carissa, He right? had an affair with her. She saw the scar all the time. Yeah. So just to note, Amaro's character does have a happy ending. Um, okay, wait a minute. Maybe I should rephrase that. <laughs> <laughs> it is a satisfying uh, story arc for this character because when Danny Pino does return in season 26 for the 500th episode, and by the way, it's spelled the 500th episode because it's 23 letters. Nice. Uh, he's okay. been living in California working on a doctorate in biophysics. Now, there was a deleted scene in which uh, he's with Rollins, and he says he's now married to Cynthia, and that Zaro and Gilberto are all together living a happy, blended family life. He's married to Cynthia, really? Yeah. Hmm. I mean, that must be a really great episode of How I Met Your Mother. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> wow, i never seen that. So he was telling that to Rollins? Yeah. Yeah, and it's a scene that apparently got Deleted for time, but, you know, it made it on the interwebs and so the fans could see it. And I think so it's canonical. And I, I think that's that's great. That's good for him. By the way, this apparently also means that Amaro is the brother-in-law of the drug kingpin he put away 20 years ago and is probably out of prison by now. Great. That must make for one tense Thanksgiving dinner. Nice. Sailor reunions are gonna... <laughs> I mean... I know it was you, man. I know it was you. <laughs> 
VR training platforms like the one developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International are helping surgeons train over and over before operating on real patients. As you practice each skill, the muscle memory starts to develop. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Caesars Sportsbook is the only sportsbook app with Caesars rewards. That means win or lose, every bet brings you closer to the types of perks only Caesars can offer. Like hotel stays at over 50 iconic destinations, bonus bets, daily profit boosts, tickets to the game, dining, and so much more. Whether you're a new or existing customer, Caesars Sportsbook is always rewarding. Must be 21. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Caesars Sportsbook. Don't just spectate, participate. All right, let's take a look at the real-life story that inspired this episode. It's time for Rip from the Headlines. You think you know who did it. You think you know who did it. But you don't know who did it. You don't know who did it. Rip from the Headlines. Some inspiration for this episode comes from a controversy around undercover officers in Britain's National Public Order Intelligence Unit. In 2010, several officers infiltrated environmental justice groups posing as fellow activists. Their assignment was to keep tabs on the radicals and thwart any plans of violence. As part of their cover, five operatives began romantic relationships with women in the groups. For years, the coppers regularly had sex with them and fathered children, only to vanish when their assignments were complete. Women looking for their missing lovers discovered they'd been hoodwinked. It was also learned it was the undercover cops who instigated the group's domestic terror plans. Other operatives had acted as agent provocateurs within other left-wing causes such as organised labour and animal rights. The revelations led to the dismissal of criminal charges against six activists. Public inquiries into the misconduct led to the disbanding of the unit and several superiors given notice to quit. The Metropolitan Police Force paid settlements to a dozen women duped by the officers. I love the way Size says controversy. controversy. That's why we have Size just for the controversy. Yes. Uh, so it's believed that more than 30 women were tricked into relationships with undercover officers, some of them who fathered children. So at the very least, they discovered who they thought were close friends for a decade were uh, really just spies. So uh, what is the bigger disservice, planning, pla- planting operatives and otherwise peaceful groups and acting as agent provocateurs or married men taking advantage of a perceived hall pass? Uh, all of it. Yeah. All of it. <laughs> all of the above, Alex. Um, yeah. That's really, really fucked up, especially when you get to know someone and you think they're a great guy. And you find out they're a cop. Yeah, so they're not. Look. Yeah. Yeah. No, no, you're not wrong. I mean, this is like. So in the episode, we didn't talk about this, like the egregious constitutional violations that were their sting operations mm-hmm. that they, yes. they did against the, when they went undercover to do that double bust situation after Amaro saw what was probably just like could have been lunch being put in that kid's bag. But anyway, um, this is like the double thing because both things are terrible, right? I mean, it's terrible. And we, didn't yeah. we watch a documentary or listen to a podcast about There was a podcast this? about this, And basically yeah. the only qualifications for infiltrating one of these groups was having a van. So they would let anybody in. <laughs> it's like if you had a van, it was like, yeah, please join our group because we can't get to protest unless you have a van. So oh, like wow. these cops would be able to get in like it, they would just have to get a van. Uh, and yeah. it would be like, oh, Bobby has a van. Let him in. Yeah. <laughs> that was it. They didn't even have to work because th- these groups were dopey. Yeah. They weren't even like sophisticated. And like, I mean, they, they were like not stupid people, but right. they were not organized terrorist groups for sure. 
It's all terrible. It's all terrible. It's all. It sounds about right for cop situations and yep. <laughs> trying to be like, well, you know, I watch a lot of, um, well, in the past, to Catch a Predator and um, what's that show? Take Down with Chris Hansen. And we see um, people that are in law enforcement a lot of times going to these things and, and stuff like that. Even though they are working the same things, they know they should be able to recognize it and stuff like yep. that. But it's it's really interesting how <laughs> the people we're supposed to be trusting is they're the ones that are doing these terrible things. Yeah, a leading figure in this operation was Mark Kennedy, and he went by Mark Stone. Wait, oh, like Peter Stone? Oh, that's yeah, crazy. Yeah. Um, by the way, they say like when you're undercover, the best thing to do is keep your first name. Yes, that you remember. Yes, you remember. So you yes, or somebody shouts your name in a crowd. Sort yeah. of like Tony Danza on Who's the Boss? Yeah, Tony yeah. knew he he got the assignment because <laughs> they were afraid he would like always forget his name. They did the same thing with him on Taxi, right? Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, when Mark Kennedy was outed by the Guardian newspaper, he did what anyone would do. Hired a celebrity publicist mm. to spin it. To lie. To lie. Well, that's, you know, what you do. But not long a- after that, uh, Kennedy updated his LinkedIn profile to say now he is a consultant for a, quote, boutique risk management company that, among other assignments, has advised pipeline companies on how to deal with protests from indigenous tribes and environmental groups. And I don't quite see him going undercover with the indigenous tribes. <laughs> you don't think? I think it'd be harder to blend. Mm-hmm. But, you know, the Amaro character makes a point that sometimes when you're undercover, you do have to, yeah. in order to maintain the cover, break the law by perhaps doing the drugs. Or in this case, you know, it seems like it'd be difficult for years and years to be in this small group without some kind of romantic thing to keep it up. Yeah. Uh, but that's a fine line. It is. You know, if it's... we're a couple of months, you know, it's like operationally, obviously you still have a uh, an argument here, but for, year, for a decade. Yeah. And to keep that up just seems like such, I mean, uh, such a big betrayal on a whole different level. You have to really have no heart because you're, yeah. you're yeah. going to have to leave these people one day and you're going to leave children behind. Gosh relationships, everything. You got to be okay yeah. with that. I mean, I think it's like hard when you're, fo- depending on who you're focusing on, right? Because you yeah. hear sometimes about these like FBI guys who for a long time infiltrated like white supremacist or like Ooh, militia yeah. groups and they had to get like tattoos, tattoos? <laughs> like, mm. and like, yep. you know, uh, and they had to, you know, basically say to their families, I am pretending to be yeah. a skinhead. <laughs> That's <laughs> insane. Year. Hey, I'm going to get this swastika removed someday. And, you know, I think it's a, in that situation, like, um, a little easier to not fall in love <laughs> with a skinhead or, or whatever. But, you know, the, but the act probably is like, you know, you have to do things that you, you know... But that's like that's a real sacrifice. But you are actually taking down, you know, and they you know, there's really interesting like books and stuff written by guys like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but in this situation, very often, I think you might be going into a community also where you are entrapping people mm-hmm. and you're also interacting with people who are not necessarily doing criminal things. I mean, a lot of times, especially like in the drug trade and the human trafficking trade, there are women, say, who are not actually committing crimes who are adjacent and mm-hmm. they get wrapped up in these schemes and they end up going to prison for just being present. Yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? So yeah. I, you just can't help but think about like the broader community that this affects and the fact that there are cops in that community doing this kind of stuff. Like it's really gross. It can be really, really gross and, and destructive. 
So the unit's trade craft manual says that sexual relationships were to be avoided. Quote, however, if you are doing your job properly, men and women in the field will experience occasional approaches from males and females, straight and gay. If you have no other option but to become involved with a weary target, you should try to have fleeting, disastrous relationships with individuals who are not important to your sources of information. That's also known as Operation These Are Their Stories podcast. (laughs) Uh, That is going to do it for us. want to thank our guest, Nettie Smith. Nettie, where can our listeners follow you online? So uh, the podcast, Oh Hell Yes, a girlfriend's podcast, is about the sitcom from the early 2000s. Uh, We're on season seven, uh, just starting up. So uh, please take a listen to that. You can find that on your platform of choice for our social media we are on twitter that's right i said twitter yeah at hell yes girl is our handle and tiktok at hell yes girl so check us out and rebecca lavoy how can our listeners follow you Uh, you can find me everywhere including twitter at reb lavoy you can track me on twitter at kevin p flynn you also can tweet to us at law and order podcast follow us on instagram at these are their stories podcast you also can find us now on youtube and tiktok and i'm so fucking busy all of a sudden our newsreader was Cy Freighter. Our theme music was composed and performed by Uncanny Valleys. Content assistance from Travis Roy. Lily Flynn handles promotions. All clips in this podcast were used in compliance with the U.S. Copyrights Act fair use exemption for criticism and commentary. Go to lawandorderpodcast.com and sign up for our newsletter for a chance to be our next Law & Order Marathon winner. These Are Their Stories was recorded in the Treehouse Yoga Studio above the Mockingbird Cafe at Bay St. Louis, Mississippi Studio and is a production of Partners in Crime Media. NetCredit is here to say yes to a personal loan or line of credit when other lenders say no. Apply in minutes and get a decision as soon as the same day. If approved, applications are typically funded the next business day or sooner. Loans offered by NetCredit or lending partner banks and serviced by NetCredit. Application subject to review and approval. Learn more at netcredit.com slash partner. NetCredit. Credit to the people.